<clears throat> Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus. Appreciated all the things that, uh, that we have been hearing today. It's a blessing to hear from different of you brothers and the perspective that God gives you as you study the scriptures. I uh, <clears throat> thought to make just a comment or two on the devotional. Several different things that stood out to me there. Um, one of the comments was, take what God says and ask no questions. And you know, that was actually the problem in the very beginning when Satan tempted Eve. His words were this, hath God said, rather than taking what God said and asking no questions. Uh, when, when we begin to question the validity of what God said is when we start to depart from obeying what God said. I also thought uh, of knowing about God or knowing God. You know, there are are lots of people that know about God, but uh, may we... May we be of those who do not only desire to know about God, but to know God. To know Him in our own personal life. To know Him as we walk with Him. To know Him by uh, experience in life. So again, thank you for all who contributed so far. We have a little bit of a deadline to meet today. The uh, choir members that are here are wanting to leave, I think, by about 11.30, and they want to have lunch in before that. So I'm going to aim to wrap it up here with a message at 11, and uh, hopefully uh, they can be serving lunch by 11.15. Oh, thank you, brother. I brought one and left it set there. Thanks. Okay, so today, uh, back to the book of James. Um, James chapter 1. We have an interesting uh, verse here. The last uh, several messages I was... uh, My uh, base platform for the messages have been the book of James and... And I suppose it will probably be that way for a while. We'll see. But uh, verse 8 today uh, has been kind of in the focus in my heart and in my meditations and uh, throughout the week. It says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And I would, uh, as I look at the context, I think think the verse... uh, probably is linked a bit to the previous verses about uh, lacking wisdom and asking of God and not asking in, in uh, and not wavering when we ask. Uh, 
um, and that if we are wavering when we ask, we shouldn't expect to receive anything. And then he says, in a double-minded man uh, is unstable in all his ways. <clears throat> I did not include that verse in the last message. In that, you know, did not include it in the context of the last message. But uh, we'll kind of that'll be our platform today, and we'll talk about it in various uh, aspects of Scripture. Perhaps before we go further, we could just take a moment and and pray. Father, thank you again. This is uh, the day that you have made. We are gathered here today in this way, uh, in uh, in a way that we've never gathered before and never will again. Each day is new. Each day is different. Each day's opportunities are new and different. And when they're past, they're gone. Uh, so today again, Lord, may this hour, may this time be blessed of you, anointed by you. May the word of God be uh, again open before my heart and our hearts together. May we embrace it. May we receive it. May we understand it. Uh, may we, with the eyes of our hearts, see it. Lord, we realize that, uh, <clears throat> as the scripture says, these truths are spiritually discerned and we need a spiritual mind and heart to uh, discern and understand. And we're asking for that today, each one of us. Lord, uh, we are seeking you, seeking to walk with you, seeking to understand your ways in a deeper way. So again, Father, bless this hour. May the things that are spoken here uh, be based on, on truth. May they be your truth and may it be a blessing and an edification and inspiration to all. We thank you in the, in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> when we think about uh, a double-minded man, uh, as I th- as I was considering that verse uh, and just started to do a little research in the scriptures on the concept, uh, the scripture has a lot to say about. Uh, double-mindedness. Now, we can go a lot of places and we won't be able to go all the different uh, veins of thought. But you have the idea of double-mindedness. Uh, you have the idea of, uh, of, uh, of uh, a single, uh, a single eye, which evil eye, single eye, the, those scriptures give us the similar idea. Um, you have ideas of, uh, being uh, uh, of one mind, we might touch on that a little in this message. Uh, just various different ways the scripture addresses this. To, uh, to just build uh, a bit of a, a visionary in our minds on, on double-mindedness as opposed to single-mindedness of a one mind or a single mind. Uh, let's turn to, uh, uh, first of all, let's just page over uh, a page or two here in James chapter 4. <clears throat> so we were in James 1, where he says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And in James chapter 4, verse uh, 
8, and we will likely wrap up with these verses at the end, but verse 8, in the latter part of the verse, he says, And purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So just again highlighting on the idea of double-mindedness there. And then to, uh, let's go to First Chronicles, Old Testament, First Chronicles, and uh, learn a little bit more about the concept of double-mindedness, 12.33, First Chronicles 12.33, <clears throat> and we're using a contrast here. And these are the, uh, well, we'll read verse uh, 33 and then verse 38. It'll explain itself a bit. And Zebulun, or of Zebulun, such as went forth to battle, expert in war, with all instruments of war, 50,000, which could keep rank, they were not of double heart. (laughs) Interesting uh, statement there. They were not of double heart. Uh, And then just uh, go over to verse 38. All these men of war that could keep rank came with a perfect heart to Hebron to make David king over all Israel. And all the rest also of Israel were of one heart to make David king. <coughs> so those verses, like I said, kind of explain themselves. The context is where uh, the Israel, uh, a good portion of Israel were gathering themselves to David to make him king and which we know is part of God's uh, plan and intent. But uh, it's interesting how it says that uh, they were not of double heart. Uh, they were uh, with a perfect heart, and they were of one heart. Um, and so all those, different, all those three different words are describing the same thing. In other words, uh, they, they were... They were not of a divided heart. They were not, uh, they didn't have a divided loyalty. Uh, they had, uh, they came to David and, uh, and, uh, their heart was for David, uh, to be the king. Uh, they didn't come with a, you know, with a percentage of loyalty to David and then another percent over this way. Um, and perhaps, or perhaps, uh, come with the idea, well, we'll give it a try with David, and if, they, if this don't work out with David, then we'll go with, you know, on this side of the, uh, we'll go with this guy. They didn't come with that kind of a heart. Uh, according to the scripture, they came with a, uh, uh, a single heart, uh, would be the word that would describe it, of one heart, uh, of a, of a, uh, oh, I turn back to James again. Anyhow, uh, so, that gives us, um, that gives us some breadth to the idea um, uh, uh, that of being uh, double-minded as opposed to being of one mind or of a single mind. <clears throat> they did not have a divided loyalty. Now, back to James again. As we look at... Um, as we look at the book of James, we have that little verse tucked, tucked in chapter 1 about a, a, a double-minded man being unstable in all his ways. And then we have those uh, 
instructions in chapter 4 about uh, purifying our hearts and purifying your hearts, you double-minded. And if we just look back in the context that comes earlier in chapter 4 and in chapter 3, we actually see quite a bit of definition to double-mindedness in uh, in these verses. <clears throat> so, uh, when we look back, um, let's go all the way back to... We can go back as really the beginning of chapter 3. Um, it's talking about the tongue. And in verse 8 it says, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? I bear olive berries either a vine figs, so can no fountain yield both salt water and fresh. And uh, notice all those contrasts that he's making. Uh, it's, it's actually all the same thought of being double-minded. Uh, we have the idea of uh, speaking blessings and speaking cursings. You know, uh, maybe... Depending who you're talking to, you talk well about this individual. Depending who you're talking to, you might say something not so nice about this individual. Double-minded. Can a, can a fountain at the same place bring forth sweet water and bitter? Um, do, we, uh, do we get uh, uh, figs off of an olive branch? Or do we get uh, 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 salt water out of a freshwater tap? You know, that kind of thing. <clears throat> So the the context is is just bringing uh, just yeah speaking to us about um, double mindedness you know uh, being yeah just two different uh, two different loyalties perhaps and then if we uh, continue in in James chapter three he goes on then. After making the statement about a salt water, uh, a fountain yielding both salt water and fresh, verse 13, then he says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Uh, so there he, he kind of sets a, a, uh, a platform. So uh, he was talking about. You know the double-tongued, uh, the, the the contrasts earlier, and he says, "So who is a wise man among you? Who is a person? Uh, maybe we'd say, um, yeah, who 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 is a wise man? Let his conversation demonstrate that. Uh, in other words, who is of a single heart? We could probably even say." And he goes on then and says, if, if ye have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, in your hearts, glory not and lie not. Uh, this wisdom isn't from above. It's earthly. It's sensual. It's devilish. Uh, for where envy and confusion, where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, 
without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. And so there he's basically, um, he basically puts it out there that our life will demonstrate whether we are of a single heart or whether we're of a, uh, uh, a double-minded person, a divided loyalty, a divided affection, a divided uh, uh, objectives. And then he goes on in chapter 4 in saying, Where, Whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Um, talking about uh, fightings and, and uh, so forth. Uh, comes down to verse 4. He says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And that verse kind of, uh, kind of encapsulates everything that we were talking about in those previous verses. That, uh, whosoever will be a friend of the world, uh, cannot be, a, uh, a friend of, is the enemy of God. So, uh, again, he's talking about this matter of divided loyalty, uh, being a double-minded person. So, uh, we have uh, Christ, and we have the world. And he's saying, and he's telling us there, and in, in, in all in all that we've read, it talks makes these keeps making these contrasts of of uh, of uh, of the two different aspects. You know, salt water and fresh, uh, uh, speaking good and speaking evil. Uh, being peaceful and being uh, uh, being a person who is who is governed by uh, uh, wisdom that is gentle and easy to be entreated and so on, as opposed to a person who has uh, bitter envy and strife, and 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 it keeps making these contrasts. Just keeps you know verse after verse, verse it keeps making these contrasts, and then he kind of sums it up and is really summing it up. Uh, ye adulterers and adulteresses. You know, we, we understand that term. We understand that, uh, uh, he's using a term that is relating to marriage. That as a spouse in marriage, we are, we need, we are, uh, we are required, uh, we want our spouse to be, uh, 100% loyal to us. We want uh, we want to, we should desire to be 100% loyal ourselves to our, uh, our spouse, um, uh, be a, and not have a divided affection, not be double-minded, uh, in, 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 uh, relationship to, uh, our, our spouse. And he uses that illustration, ye adulterers and adulteresses. Uh, don't you know that, uh, the friendship of the world is the enemy of Christ? Uh, we can't be double-minded. In our relationship with God, it just isn't going to work well. Uh, you can't be loyal to both, and uh, that's the challenge that uh, comes to us in this in this scripture that uh, we have here. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So when there's a, a divided uh, heart, the the life is going to be governed by instability. (coughs) 
All right, we'd like to, uh, well, let, let me uh, just uh, refer to Matthew 6 first here again. Uh, Matthew 6 talks about, uh, I think I may have referred to it already earlier. But Matthew 6.22 says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And so the the uh, the thrust of this double-minded issue problem is is uh, is very it's it's a it's a very real possibility in our hearts and lives, and it's a very real problem in our if it's there you know if we're double-minded it, it's uh, it's it's just probably not going to work out well in our experience and in our walk, if we're double-minded, if we have a divided loyalty between Christ and the world. And we'll try to put a little definition to that. <clears throat> and the first, uh, the first point that I'd like us to consider when we think about a divided, uh, uh, being double-minded is that of a divided faith. Oh, and, of course, to... To add a little bit to the idea of faith is simply trust, uh, confidence, um, divided uh, in our in our trust. And in James chapter uh, three, verse thirteen, when we when we look at this verse about who is a wise man, uh, endued with knowledge among you, let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. That gives us a uh, a picture of a person whose faith is solidly uh, single eye. You know, it's solidly on God. It's solidly on Christ. And the result is you have a person who, out of a good conversation, his out of a, out of his life, it, it's evident in his life. The, uh, his faith is evident. His, his trust and his solid confidence in God is evident. Um, he doesn't waver quickly. Doesn't mean that a person never is tempted to struggle in their faith with God and that when some difficulty comes along that a person isn't tempted to, to ask questions why God. But it, uh, it, it, the person is not easily just tossed to and fro. Uh, their faith in God is evidenced by uh, a rest in in the person's spirit, which is kind of what we see in this. Instead of verse 14, where there's bitter envy and strife, there's a rest, a, uh, a meekness of wisdom. There's, there's a rest in the person's heart and spirit. <clears throat> and when we have a fool, when our faith is solidly on God, there is a rest in our spirit, isn't there? There's a rest in our heart, even though life's uh, situations can be challenging at times. Life's uh, experiences can be difficult. And sometimes we um, don't always 
uh, as we say, no which end is up. Uh, but there's a rest. Uh, in fact, there's a, there's a little uh, statement that I read this morning that's uh, just really, really applied well. It says, while it looks like things are out of control, behind the scenes there is a God who hasn't surrendered his authority. And I like that statement. You know, in life, that's the picture of a person who's uh, single-minded. His faith is solidly in God. Uh, while it looks like life is out of... Uh, yeah, while it looks like... Uh, Things are out of control, behind the scenes, invisible from our eye. There is a God who has not surrendered his authority. He's still in control. He's still God. Um, When there is a solid faith in God, we realize that God is in all of life's circumstances. And we can rest in that. And that is a blessing. Um, when we can when we can have that confidence and rest in that when our faith is in god is not secure when uh when we are in a place where we may be uh wrestling with a divided trust a divided faith uh not solidly solidly settled on god and uh and the picture that we get uh, we get that picture here in this uh, scripture in James when it talks about uh, bitter envy and strife in our hearts. Uh, it talks about uh, in verse in chapter four, it says, uh, "Whence come wars and fightings among you?" In other words, strifes and, and, and problems come they not hence even of your own lusts that war in your members. In other words, your desires that you have personally. Uh, you lust and you have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, you fight and war and yet you have not because you ask not, and you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. And that last verse kind of sums it up. You have not, uh, you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. When we are not, <clears throat> when we are not solidly, uh, Settled in our faith in Christ, and uh, you know, there's a lot of things that could be over here. We could be trusting uh, in ourselves. We could be trusting in our own abilities. We could be trusting in our own uh, wisdom uh, as life unfolds and 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 situations come along. Uh, and thus, when uh, when life when life, when, while it looks like things are out of control, when we have a divided trust, we then begin, uh, then we have to begin, uh, to, um, we have to, when, we, when our trust is divided and we, and life uh, starts to feel out of control, we have to start grabbing. We have to start grabbing at control. And, and, and by that we begin to, uh, uh, we begin to uh, run into conflict with the circumstances and the people in the circumstances because we are not in rest in our faith. Our heart is not in rest in our God and we have to start grabbing at things and, and trying to get control and trying to control the situation because it feels very uncomfortable. Our hearts are not in a place of rest in the Lord. <clears throat> 
And that's uh, that's the result of of a double-minded trust. In other words, not fully settled and confident in God. <clears throat> and out of that come all kinds of of uh, struggles, difficulties, strifes, like it says here, confusions, envies, um, as opposed to being at rest in God. Being able to uh, have a, a, a solid faith and trust in God, and uh, and when life becomes uncertain and difficult, that we realize that God has not surrendered His authority. He's still God. He's still the one in charge, <clears throat> and He's He's uh, He's still a part of our life and the circumstances. Another, uh, so we talked about divided trust and like to talk a little bit about divided values. Uh, obviously, uh, values are the things that we feel are important in life. Um, and I hope our values are based on scriptural perspective, that we built our values in our heart based on scripture based on our understanding of God. Uh, like, I, like we already noted here in, in James 4, verse 3, at the latter part of the verse, uh, he says, uh, you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. That's a, that's a picture of values that are uh, off. You know, It's our own personal interest there. Uh, consume it upon our own lust. You know, it's it's our own personal interest is in mind, and uh, as opposed to uh, kingdom interests. <clears throat> so divided values. Um, it's and again, it's I guess we could we could put here kingdom interests versus personal interests. Um, would uh, it would kind of set apart those values in in a general term kingdom values are values that are based on uh, kingdom principles biblical principles truths that god gives us and we base our life on them we base our li- our responses to life on those principles we we base our uh uh yeah, our thoughts about life. Uh, self-interest would be where we uh, base our uh, our values on how it affects me and how it, uh, you know, what's the bottom line uh, benefit to me. And uh, very different, very different outcome, very different value. We see that again uh, just uh, again, just reflecting on these verses here in James, where we have the one who is out of a good conversation, his uh, showing his works with meekness of wisdom, and we have the other who is asking, is striving and 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 fighting and asking, even of God, but asking so that uh, they can consume it on their own lust. In other words, their own interest is in in the focus. <coughs> So divided values, the spiritual, 
values above the natural <clears throat> or the natural above the spiritual. You know, obviously, um, we're told in Matthew 6.33 to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto us. It's talking about uh, uh, the natural things of this world. Um, such things as are needful to the to life, you know, food and shelter and and uh, all needful things. And yet he tells us to seek first the kingdom of God, uh, as opposed to those things to make uh, to make the kingdom of God our priority, to have that as the uh, the top focus, and to to then out of that allow the other things to take their place. Uh, the things of this world, uh, of uh, the natural things. You know, we're not talking about uh, sinful things. We're talking about the natural, uh, everyday needs of life, uh, which we all have. And to not get those values reversed in our experience and in our heart, where we put more focus on and more desire and more interest in the natural things, the tangible things, the things we can get a hold of, the things that uh, we can see as opposed to the spiritual, the things that are uh, invisible. <clears throat> so divided values, uh, again, just uh, pursuing, pursuing uh, the things of the kingdom, the things of Christ, pursuing holiness of life, making uh, making uh, the things of the kingdom our pursuit, pursuing holiness of life, pursuing purity of mind and thought, pursuing humility of heart, pursuing uh, peaceful relationships in, in the context of kingdom life, uh, as opposed to pursuing our own interests, pursuing... Uh, Success, pursuing uh, material gain, pursuing uh, having uh, having the having the natural things be uh, dominating our thought and and, and purposes. It's divi- it's uh, divided values that, uh, and when we're when we're pursuing the. Uh, when we're pursuing the natural, the tangible, the visible, uh, we tend to do it at the expense of, of others. We tend to uh, be looking out for ourselves. So again, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Our, our, the exhortation is to be of a single mind and of a single heart. <clears throat> and to not have divided values did not have a divided heart. The scripture talks in in, in, in these several points we kind of look at our own hearts. You know, it has a lot to do with me and relating to God and 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 uh, truth and so on. But then like I said earlier, there's a lot in the scripture that speaks of uh, of our relationships on you know on a brotherhood level, on a life level, um it talks a lot about being of the same mind 
And I'm going to turn to Romans just for a bit. When we think about a divided or a double-mindedness. Romans chapter 12. Verse 16 to 18 of Romans 12. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. So he t- tells us there to uh, to be of the same mind one toward another, and to not mind high things. And then when we go down to chapter 15, continue to chapter 15, verses 5 to 7, it says, Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. <clears throat> I'm going to keep my finger there in Romans 15 and just uh, page over to Philippians. Chapter 2. Verse 2 to 4, Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife and vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. So the uh, this context, uh, the thought of those scriptures talks a lot about, uh, basically about being single-minded in our relationships, uh, where we are for each other. And uh, obviously, we realize that those relationships and that, and that kind of a relationship is based on truth. You know, um, we're, not, uh, we're not here to uh, be of one mind with... Uh, Someone who claims to be a Christian but is walking in open sin. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being uh, of one mind as a people who are seeking God together. And uh, the idea that is given again is, is the thought of one not being double-minded. To be, to be uh, of one heart and of one mind. To be for each other. That we're in this together. That uh, we are... We are on a journey together. We are on a mission together. We are, we are doing church together. We are here uh, to uh, build the kingdom together and to be doing it with one heart as opposed to uh, uh, having a divided heart, uh, you know, being uh, halfway uh, committed, being halfway in, being halfway uh, supportive, being halfway, uh, uh, you know, it, and it's it, it's unfortunate if 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 we find ourselves in a situation where we 
don't feel like we can be 100% committed. That's unfortunate because it's not the best for us. Uh, and we either um, either need to find a place we can be 100% committed or else uh, resolve the issue in our own heart that keeps us from being 100% committed. But the, the idea is given of being of a single mind, again, uh, of one heart and, uh, and, and, you know, working and pulling that way together. Uh, and the, and the, again, the, the warning of, of being double-minded, which it's, it's not stated as such in these scriptures, but it's very obvious. I mean, we talk about all the, all the, uh, thoughts of one mind and one heart and, and one, uh, so forth. So that's the the, uh, exhortation that is given there. And we can ask ourselves the question, uh, what does, uh, one of the questions we could ask ourselves, what does it look like uh, to be double-minded in a uh, fellowship context? What does that look like? Uh, Probably doesn't look the healthiest. And then we could ask ourselves the question, am I of one mind with my fellow believers? Am I, is my heart engaged with them? Am I pulling and working together? Am I working to build the same thing that they're working to build? Doesn't mean that we don't examine from time to time whether we're Building what we should be building, but it does mean that we engage together in, in, in working and building. <clears throat> and now, just a couple minutes yet on, uh, back to James again, on, uh, the, the solution of double-mindedness. If we find ourselves in, in a place of double-mindedness, and mind you, uh, at, that's pretty easy to do to find your to find double mindedness I find those things in fact i was I was greatly challenged with this uh, that one verse as I pondered it but in 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 uh, chapter four, like he says here uh, verse four ye adulterers and adulteresses know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God uh, whosoever therefore will be the friend of the world is the enemy of God. And then in, in verse 6, he says, he gives us verse 6 through 8 through 10. Uh, he gives us some solutions. He says, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Uh, just, there's the recipe. There's the solution. There's, uh, there's what we're looking for uh, if we're looking for a solution. Uh, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. First of all, uh, recognizing uh Recognizing that God is right in what he says, you know, um, to be double minded, to have a divided affection, to uh, 
in in where whatever aspect and whatever capacity and whatever it is, it's not productive. It's not beneficial. It's not a blessing. It's it's a problem. Uh, submit yourselves to God. Uh, uh, own that. Uh, agree with God uh, that that is in fact a problem. And uh, draw nigh to God. In other words, uh, now. Uh, recognize that I've got an affection over here. We pull that affection back. We crucify that one and bring it over here. Draw nigh to God. Come and uh, pull your uh, pull your heart and your life over to God and in His His uh, His truth, His uh, um, purposes, His uh, des- uh, goal, and His design for your life and wherever you find yourself and. And all the uh, various scriptural principles and instructions that uh, that speak to you, uh, bring your uh, align your heart and bring it over here with God. <clears throat> Another word for repentance: draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners; purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Just what we've been talking about: uh, repent of the of the areas where we're double-minded, where our heart is. Uh, affection is divided where we are trusting uh, not in Christ but in ourselves or in our own abilities or in or or where we're loving the world and and uh, loving uh, and have values of the world to cleanse our hands to purify our hearts to bring our affection back to Christ and to set our hearts on him. says, be afflicted and mourn, weep, let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to heaviness, and humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. And that, I don't believe that means that you just go through life in heaviness, and but it means there's a season where we turn our heart back to God, where we deal with the uh, divided heart, where we deal with the affections that have been gone the wrong way, and we bring it, and we uh, uh, allow the our need to settle on our hearts, and we repent and we turn back to God we humble ourselves before the Lord and that's where we then find the rest and the and the confidence and uh, the single heart that we so much need so the problem of a double mind it is a problem but there is a solution and we can find that solution in, in humbling ourselves before God and uh, turning our affections to Him and seeking Him first and foremost. <clears throat> All right. If we're able, let's kneel together and we'll close with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank You this day again for this assembly and all that are here. Again, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for... Uh, just practical day-to-day instruction for our lives and, and, and truths and concepts that cause us to consider our own hearts, our own uh, loyalties, our own affections, our own uh, uh, objectives and goals that are in our hearts. Father, thank you for examining these things. And today again, ask a blessing on each one. May we all uh, have found something of... Uh, usefulness in uh, our spiritual walk in this service today, Father. 
And again, bless each one as we go forth from this place and bless the choir members as they uh, give presentations this afternoon of your truth through song. Father, again, thank you. Thank you for the freedom to gather this way. Thank you for the privilege of uh, we have in this country to to gather and worship and uh, and to choose be able to choose to devote our lives to you, uh, even as we heard in the uh, presentation of the CASP. Thank you for those in governments who endeavor to understand and respect our uh, Christian faith and values. May we not. Uh, uh, be careless about that, but may we live worthy of that of that respect that is shown us. Again, Father, bless each one. Keep us in your care. Grant us strength for the journey. Give us courage to be faithful and true to you in all circumstances. Again, thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat>